You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is my partner, Gary Hughes. Hello there. And uh, we have to talk a little bit about you and how your life is going because I, my life doesn't change much on a day to day basis, but you are in a you are in a spot now where there are many, many changes happening. I'm to in you. flux. Yes, you are in. You are in flux. You are the flux capacitor. <laughs> so, uh, having just had your first child, your wife had the first child. How long? A couple weeks ago now. A few weeks old. Yeah, yeah she's. Uh, What's going on in the world of, of new baby, new dad? I got to tell you, um, the big thing that people always say is is how little sleep you're going to get with a newborn. Yeah. But that's not true because uh, she's actually sleeping five hours, six hours straight a night. That's pretty or good. Or she'll sometimes go four and four. Which right. is great. So, you know, um, this, I'm not, you know, losing my mind or anything. But it is, I had this really beautiful moment. I've been having these really beautiful mornings because after the last the feeding, the early morning feeding, like 5 a.m., Julie takes Ellie out of the bassinet and brings her onto her chest. And she sleeps on her chest in bed. And so I roll over in the morning with a big window, light streaming in. Oh, yeah. And there's my beautiful baby daughter and my beautiful wife lying there sleeping, you oh. know, chest rising and falling together and just having this. And I'm looking at it going, wow. This is my life now. So I'm having this moment a couple of days ago. Beautiful. And I'm looking at my beautiful daughter and my beautiful wife. And I, and I, and I speak to her. I speak to Ellie like she's an adult. And I just go, Ellie, you're so beautiful. And she goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then rips a gigantic fart right in the middle of me telling her how beautiful she is. And then right after she was done, she goes. Like puts a little accent mark on it. <laughs> the <know>? end. <laughs> and so, like, I thought the moment I was thinking in the beautiful moment, I was like, "This is my life now." And then it was like, <laughs> and it was like, yes. "Nope, that's my life. This is this this is your life now." Like a little Hallmark commercial with a scratched record right there in the middle of it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Did but, uh, she do the thing though? I like it when they do that, and then they do the thing where there's like a like a lip smacking, like they're still asleep, but there's like a lip. Like, yeah, okay, that was like, like that was a good dinner, and now it's time for me to take a nap. You know, yeah. even in their sleep, they're like, oh, that was enjoyable. Yeah, I nobody, like that. nobody tells you about the gas as much. You know, no. like the first time I'm holding her and she just lets one go, and I just go, all right, you know, whatever. Right. And it's it's all the time. It's yes. just all the time. Yeah. So there's diapers and there's a the whole thing, but it's pretty great, honestly. It's pretty awesome. But the hardest part right now is Julie's mostly staying at home. And she's doing a lot of her work from home, and she's with the baby a lot. And last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of work on location. So I'm doing photo shoots and stuff, and I'm out of town or I'm on location a lot. So um, whereas we went from being together all day, every day at work, to now we're into pretty much daddy goes to work and comes home. And so it is it's it is a big adjustment. A but, new dynamic for yeah. you. I mean, you're used to you and Julie more working together mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah but, it, yeah, but it is pretty cool. And we're having a really, really busy fall. A lot of corporate work, which is really good. A lot of corporate commercial work. And, uh, you know, so uh, I'm pretty excited about 2015 and everything that it's going to bring. So it's pretty awesome. I think that people really don't understand. Until you have your first child, you don't realize how capable you are of living in a constant state of gross disgusting (laughs) smells and feelings and things and totally just accepting it as that's just what your life is right now you you, if someone describes it to you you're like that's going to be the worst thing ever but then when you're in it you're just in it i mean i mean my children's bedroom just smelled like a septic tank 
for like a year and a half. I mean, no matter what we tried to do, no, no matter what kind of fancy garbage pails you had or diaper pails, it just smelled awful. And like my mother would come over, she's like, oh my God, it smells awful. And I'm like, yeah, sure does. Oh, well, <laughs> welcome to the house. I think you underestimate before you have a baby that your tolerance for bodily yeah, fluids. You really Because it's really normally do. said, how would you feel about uh, walking around all day with vomit, pee, and poo on you? And yes. you go, God, I would, ooh, that's disgusting. And now it's like, I'm not changing here's my when, shirt. Here's when you know you've. I'm not, <laughs> I already changed my shirt twice right. today. Here's when you know you've really crossed a barrier. When you're holding the baby over your head, goo 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 ga 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 ga, and the baby throws up on your face or in your mouth. Yes, and your first reaction is, "Honey, get the camera." <laughs> It's not, you know, it's not gag and run to the sink. It's, honey, get the camera. And I have that picture because you're just, it's all, she threw up on my face again. Let's be sure and get a picture of this. It's not, it's not even that shocking anymore. No, but yeah, it definitely changes. And the first thing I want to do is apologize to my parents for everything yes, I did. You really do. Did, have you, have you, have you honestly, I don't think you're really there yet. It's, she's, the baby's still young, but I'm telling you, as the years progress, you are going to come to appreciate your parents more and more and more, and you are going to feel worse and worse about how you behaved as a child. Well, good. At least I got something to look yes, forward you to. Yes, you have this crushing <laughs> guilt to look forward to, because you will. I mean, now I'm like, Mom, that time when I was 11. <laughs> and, and I you, told you, you I hated you. And you, I told you I hated you. And, I'm, and my mom, she's like, it's okay. No, Mom. I'm just, I didn't, I didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know, Mom. Yeah. I have gotten really, really, like, weepy since oh. the baby's been oh, here. Yeah. I, I cried the other day. God help me. Mike's going to make fun of me. This, uh, our, 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 at a State Farm commercial. <laughs> say, yes, yes. It's like they're going right for the fields. Have you shot a wedding since the baby was born? No, first one's coming up this right. weekend. Actually, little girl, you have a little girl. Oh, okay, daddy daughter. Wait dance? for the daddy daughter uh, dance, my friend. I still have a problem. Just last weekend, uh, there, uh, there's I loved her first song. They played that one a lot. And then last weekend, it was the um, don't say butterfly. It kisses. was the uh, it was no no it was uh, it was uh, dance with me, daddy. That one, dance with me, daddy. Uh, today I become his bride, but I, but uh, I'll be your little girl. For life, I'm getting choked right now in Baclump. I just, <laughs> I'll be your little girl for life, you know. And I'm just ah, click, click, click. I'm crying and trying yeah, to take I the picture at the same time. Yeah. So we have a guest today. We do a great and, guest, and our guest today is very excited. And he's also going to be going through uh, some of this stuff very, very soon in duplicate. So our guest today is Mike Fulton. And if you don't know who this guy is, you've been under a rock for probably the last few years because he's been a speaker at Imaging USA, WPPI. He's been on Creative Live several times. He is all over the place. And he specializes in pretty much everything. But uh, not only that, but his wife, Susie, is also pregnant with twin girls. So really excited. A manly man. So we have a lot to talk about. I'm excited to introduce you today. Hey, Mike, what's going on? How are you guys doing? (laughs) Good. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Absolutely. Thanks for the making my life absolutely scared to death conversation before you introed me. I'm going to make sure I'm clear. These are going to be your first kids? No, no, I have a 13-year-old, so a lot of things that you were going through, um, I agree with. But now I will have, with my niece that I'm a man in her life, four, count them, four girls to against me. So, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. I tried to double down, and I lost. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a pretty amazing thing, and especially uh, with you and Susie, like Julie and I, working in your business together. So um, yep. tell me a little bit about what's going on in your business and kind of how you got there, what it is that you do for those of people who don't know you. Just who are you and, and what do you do? Yeah, I, um, I am actually originally I learned photography as a crime scene investigator. I was a forensic scientist for many years, and photography was such a small part of my business. But I had to learn 
how to actually do photography because I couldn't just say, oops, I screwed up. Let's put the dead body back. <laughs> and, and so I learned photography. And then on the weekends, instead of working in their beer joints, I'm from Texas, South Houston. Um, I started photographing weddings and I just started liking it and getting bigger and bigger. And pretty soon I was Kodak photographer of the year and traveling all over the world with our weddings. And it was just, it was fun. And so pretty soon I was making more money at, as a part-time gig than a full-time gig as a cop. And so I broke off and started doing photography full-time and not knowing if I would eat beans or not, but it was tough. When I mean, you, when the you, business I, aspect was tough. When you first so, started and you're, first, you're trying to get your first clients as a wedding photographer, mm-hmm. I mean, was it mm-hmm. like, was it like I, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I've never shot a wedding, but I do have this wonderful picture of a headless torso, which I think demonstrates, <laughs> which I think demonstrates exactly. what I'm capable exactly. of. I had leading lines of accident with blood leading <laughs> off the road. <laughs> notice, how the, notice how the lines in the middle of the road lead off towards the left yes. foot that we found in the bushes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely no, and and you it wasn't that wasn't far of a stretch because I would use my gear for my for at work at, because obviously most law enforcement agencies are tax based and they don't have a lot of good equipment and most crime scenes were at night and my gear was a lot better so I would end up using that and and I would always check my cards when it got to the digital world uh, before I'd reformat them every time and you would always see my last case right before right before I'd go photograph the bride <laughs> oh, I would, I would oh, reformat man. it to a guy. With a kiss shirt hanging from a rope, so it was um, it was oh, all. Oh, oh, that's amazing. Why kiss though? I mean, I guess if I liked kiss that much, I'd probably hang myself too. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm old. I'm <laughs> hey, first of all, uh, let's go on on a side here. Kiss is the most overrated rock band in the history of music. Uh, second of all, Absolutely. it is what I base my business off of: all show and no talent. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So speaking of which, your business has changed a lot over the last few years. Um, you've added yeah. a lot of different things. And we had a guy write into us um, who really wanted to hear a little bit about one of your specialties now, which is volume photography. So uh-huh. um, how did you fall into transitioning from wedding photography and to adding volume into your business? And how has that changed things for you? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And, and it it, it completely, as you're right, it completely changed our business and for the better. The hard, the hard number. I'm, I realized after struggling for many years, we were making good money, but we weren't making a great living. I mean, we were paying our bills and we were surviving and we were traveling. But you know, there's there's a thing called retirement and there's a thing called an exit plan, and I wasn't making enough to satisfy that, the long term goals. And so, I really looked at the numbers and really looked at where we wanted to go. And my wife is truly the artist, Susie. She's 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 so much more of an artist than I am. She's totally badass. She's amazing. Yeah. And so she wanted the big studio to do her art projects in. And, of course, studio costs a lot of money. At the time, we were working out of our home studio. And it was nice. But, you know, bringing people to your home, having to keep everything clean, there causes problems. We have two little dogs. People don't like dogs, et cetera, et cetera. So I was really looking for ways to expand our business to not only make my wife happy, but also for that, that nest egg. A retirement aspect, and really the only solution that I could find in our community was volume, because there was so much of it. When you start looking at the numbers from the daycares and the sports leagues and the schools, there's so much money. I mean, literally millions of dollars within just a few miles of you every year that goes into the economy, and I wanted just my little share of it. And of course, I knew nothing about volume. I mean, nothing at all, but we'd worked with our high school for a couple of years, and photographing seniors, our whole goal was to try to get the high school seniors for our high-end business. 
but we didn't make enough to get the studio we wanted. And so when I went to Susie and said, we're going to do volume, she absolutely said in a lot of four-letter words that only a, a wife can say to her husband, no. And I clearly had to lay it out that if she wanted her studio, she wanted the location that we have now, it was going to cost this much. What we was, made this much. What was her fear? Why did why did she say no immediately? What was she afraid of? Why did the she artist in her? She she doesn't want to be considered the volume right. photographer. She felt it was assembly line. Absolutely, absolutely, and that there's no art in volume. And once I talked her into it, once I went into it with basically her kicking and screaming, but knowing that the end would be that she would get her studio, that she could do their art projects and then be the artist she wanted. Now I guess eight, ten years later, she absolutely loves it because she realizes that you can be the artist. You you can be the artist. You can be the volume photographer. You can do both, all mixed under one roof. And it's really the personal experience that you give our clients. Now, when you and, say Susie's art project, she specializes in, in really awesome, kind of like high-voltage high school senior photography, right? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And and so she likes to create with each individual kid. She wants it to be unique, each individual senior, families, whatever it is. She wants to be that artist. She wants to use different lighting patterns and all that sort of stuff, which I love to do. But, you know, if you spend that much time on a client, it's very difficult to have a lot come through your door. And for me, at, you know, $24, $25 a client times 60 to 70,000 kids per year – I'll make a lot more money doing that and with the sit down, smile, shut up business plan. Now that's a lot so, of that's a lot of kids, but um, the, yeah. the big question that people want to know when when deciding to get into volume is how do you get your first school? How do you get your first and, sports league? Yep, that's the hard part, and I think this is what's really gotten and, and no offense, but to the, maybe the younger community, the younger um, generation, because we're such in a I want it, and I want it now, attitude with everything in life, and volume doesn't happen overnight. Volume is not something that you can just say, hey, I'm going to start doing volume, and it happens. You literally have to work at it, and you have to build relationships. Much like when you get a wedding client, and that year or two that you're working with that client, you build that relationship. And by the end of the wedding, by the time you hand those portraits over, that client and you are generally, well, let's hope, if you do your job, very good friends. Well, that's what you have to do with volume, but you have to make the instead of the wedding, the bride or the bride's mother, it's the principals or the superintendents or the yearbook teacher, or whoever's the mover and shakers in the community, the, the president of the, of the sports league. And it's something that, that takes a while because you got to remember these people, their sole job is to protect children. Why on earth would they ever give you, someone they don't know anything about, a contract to come in? And oversee a bunch of children. That's an awesome point. They have point. to get to know you. Awesome point. They have to get to know you. Is there some kind of background or certification thing that you can do that says this person is safe? Or is there like a like a safe kid, you know, approved vendor sort of program out there? Not that I know of. I'm sure there are. I, no, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are. Of course, I had the advantage. I'm from a smaller town, like I said, an hour south of Houston. And I grew up here. And so I know – just about everyone. I mean, if I don't know the, one of the principals or the movers and shakers, I'm going to know someone that they know. And so I do have that advantage that 
that they can do easy research on me just by asking some of their coworkers. I don't know if they and, have to do it. I, let me just interject. I don't know if it's this way where Jim is, but like here, if you want to bid to be a photographer, uh, I'm sorry, Mike, if you want to bid to be a photographer at on a school job, you have to be a certified um, vendor with the county, which means you have to undergo absolutely. a background check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, so there's, there's that, too. but it's, it's not photography-related. But, yes, you, at the very least, if you're going to bid at schools, you do have to go through a background check and that sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. You have to get one of their, uh, their vendor list, and then from there you can you know, do whatever you need to do, and you make the bid. And that's where, it, you know, the one thing I think is difficult is you have a national companies out there, and they are a lot of people are scared to death of them. Me, personally, I yeah. think they're the best thing that's ever happened to volume photography because – they literally have instilled in every American, hell, everyone around the country, around the world, just about, that it is our duty almost. We look forward to having that photograph of our child every year. My wife, my wife, and we had a problem with this, but my wife absolutely must buy the school yep. portrait of my daughters. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can shoot yep. a better portrait myself, or at least as good myself. Where I'm, a, she's like, no, I, the school, I have to have the school portrait. It's, it's, absolutely, you have to have the school portrait. Perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. And then that's that's because of the, the the national companies have literally, in a sense, brainwashed us from their marketing that we have to do that. So if you can go in, you can't compete with those national companies because they make billions a year, not millions, but billions, and. I can't compete with that. So if they really want that school, they're going to offer something financially that I just simply can't. They'll lose money on that school to keep it. However, what I can do and what I've done is I provide better customer service, which they simply cannot do. Because I know my clients. I'm from my community. If and when you screw up, I'm going to be there to fix it. I study their, their patterns and I study their weaknesses. What, what do they need to help these teachers do a better job? Because God knows these teachers do it not for the salary. Why would anyone do a job for crappy salary and have to put up with all that stuff? They do it because they love it and they want to help these children. That's the foundation of what a teacher is, so being how, an administrator or, or, you know, a kindergarten one. So how, I mean, specifically, can you give, can you give us a, something specifically that you, feel, that you offer yep. that, that, that endears you to that community? Absolutely. Several things. First of all, in our community, we have the district that I photograph with um, has two high schools. and Well, technically three. Two main high schools that you graduate from. But a third one can be, I guess, their alternative school. And it can be the kids that are in trouble at the other two high schools uh, legal-wise, but it's also girls that have babies that are having a hard time, that need daycare, that just need some extra time. Kids that basically are having a hard time in social studies or English or math that need some extra tutoring. This district does everything they can to get these kids a high school diploma, and a lot of those kids go to this special school to give them that extra time away from the general rat race of the regular campuses. Well, the national companies were forcing these kids to leave that campus and go to their whichever high school they're going to graduate from to get their school photographed. Well, first of all, that doesn't make sense. If you have kids that are already having a hard time graduating, why would you say, yeah, let's leave the campus, let's leave the school that you're learning from and go get a photograph, which you know is not going to happen. Right. And secondly, a lot of these kids can't go to that school because they they're literally have like criminal trespass warnings for various reasons or whatever. They can't set foot on there for legal aspects. So these kids didn't get put in the yearbook didn't get that senior portrait experience. And quite honestly, if you put a kid in there at the beginning of the year in a cap and gown or give them a senior portrait, 
depending on where you are in the country, it's going to build some confidence in them and say, you know what, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to do things right and I'm going to get my degree. It, it can give them that extra boost that they need to get graduated. And so we told the school, you go with us, we'll absolutely set up a day down at that school and we'll photograph those 30, 40 kids. That doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem to me to be a huge I mean, I understand the idea. No. I understand the idea of of a job being too small for me, but I also mm-hmm. understand the idea of a job. It doesn't take that much effort, and it's going to reward me, in, in you know, through getting through getting a contract or whatever. And to me, to go down Absolutely. and set up and shoot for forty kids is not that big of a deal, you know. Absolutely. And certainly it's, not it's, worth it's losing a district a over. And but the point is that's the, that's what I'm talking about. The national company is our robots. They do this all the time, and they're not going to break away from that pattern. And that's the advantage that local photographers can do. And that's on a school. Now you mix it in with daycares and sports leagues. I mean, there's so many other things that you can do from, like, virtual backdrop system that we use where we can provide any backdrop on location for our sports leagues to whatever. I mean, there's so many little things that you can provide besides just a cash payment that, that will win you those contracts. Okay, let, me, let me back you up a little bit. Now, you said a virtual background system. I know the virtual, I, I, I'm guessing the one that you use, but you said it's on location, and not not outdoors. Correct, not outdoors. Okay, all right. But that's yeah. the advantage also. What I also do is I tie in our KC halls, our, our churches that have venues in the back. They all want to help out these kids. They all want to make people be more successful, no matter what their age is. So when we have little leagues, and they want this virtual background system, which does need to be on the inside. I'll go to the to the Baptist church or whatever church, and I'll, or I'll go to the KC Hall and say, "Hey, you want to donate the building for for a little league for the kids?" And nine times out of ten, they will. You know, my, take a little extra work. That's not only a good strategy for volume photography. That's a good strategy for business is being involved in Absolutely. your community. And you've been, you've been able to get accounts that have enabled you to have the studio you want. But I also wanted to ask you, how much has being part of volume photography fed into the boutique side of your business? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, and, because how do you, and how do you transition did. from this package is $25 to doing a $1,500, $2,000 senior portrait session? Well, first of all, let me, let me back up a little bit. I mean, yes, we are in the uh, photography business, but it wasn't until I actually got into the business of photography that I was successful. But there's a difference there between photography business and the business of photography. We're just small business. We're like any other thing. We're, we're, we're just like any other small business in America. We happen to be selling photography. And you have to think that way if you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So with that, community marketing and community business is the most successful thing in a small business. you got to get away from the computer and go out there. And so for us, when we did our volume and do our volume, everything that we do, we tie into our high-end work. We don't show up in suit and ties. We dress casually. We dress like we normally would when we go to the schools. We have a slideshow rolling at our schools of our high-end senior work. So when kids come in there and they see the work after they get their school book photo, they sit down and they look and they see the high-end work that we can provide. Mm-hmm. Rolling how? Do our high-end slideshow rolling how? Is this on? A, is this on a, a TV monitor or a pad or, or or? No, we have we actually put a projector and you know we we have a nine-foot wide vinyl screen and it's it's big screen rolling. So they're waiting in line to step up and get their their headshot done for the yearbook and they're looking at these fantastic images from your senior work. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Just like when you go to Disney World, where do they drop you off after that ride? Gift they shop. They drop you off in the gift shop. That's right. 
same thing, captive audience, and we want to use the most thing we can from those. those guys, and so we started doing that, and now, because we've been doing the school for quite a few years, now when we have our senior reps, our rep program for our high-end stuff, these, these kids that come in and work for us throughout the year for various aspects, nine times out of the ten, when we have the school that we photograph the volume as well, when we ask them, how do they hear about Tricos? They say, oh, my freshman year, you took my school portrait, and I saw the slideshow, and I wanted to be your senior rep since that day. That is awesome, and that's a, a great way to, to use that captive audience. Mike, I, I know we, we've, you've, you've got days and days worth of stuff you could teach us about volume photography, but I also want to talk about you as a teacher because you have taught on just about every stage and platform of media that you can uh, can giving back to the photography community and um, you've got some pretty cool stuff that you've done um, you're also on the board of directors for the PPA which is pretty cool he's on the board of directors for the mm-hmm. PPA yeah he's one of the board of directors oh I didn't know he's that. fancy <laughs> I gotta, I'd have been much nicer to you if I had known that but you also have a master no. class at WPPI coming up <laughs> I do I do it'll be my first master I've, I've taught there I think this will be my 10th maybe 11th year to teach at WPPI and this will be my first master class which I'm really excited about because I, it's smaller and it's more hands-on, which over the years is, I, I've really found what I enjoy doing the most because I, I kind of get to take those small groups and really listen to way and how they shoot and the gear they use and help them directly. And, and that's kind of what I like to do. I don't want to just get up there and say, hey, this is what I do and follow me along. I want to find out what they do and then be able to help them with what they, the gear they already have, the style they already shoot. And hopefully when they leave and they go home and they, they can make more money. What are you teaching a lot of now? Um, I teach a lot of fill every day. I mean, for years I've taught uh, off-camera lighting, but more learning your flash, learning what TTL metering is, how it works, why it fails, how to work around it, really learning the nuts and bolts of the entire flash system. And then we also do a little bit of everything. Since our studio is a full-functioning studio, we talk about sales, we talk about marketing, we talk about um, seniors, families, we talk about how we blend the volume, the high-end volume to the high-end studio together, a little bit of everything. But our main ones are, are truly our lighting, that's what I've, I've taught on Creative Live three times, and then, of course, our volume. Yeah, I got to tell you, one of the um, the things that we've incorporated in our business is how I how I met Mike, actually, was I went to Texas, and my wife and I went and we took his volume class he actually was teaching small group volume classes and we learned a ton and we've really added a lot of revenue to our business and one of the things that we do and i know mike that you are hesitant to make anything a commercial because you really are a genuine guy but you have also a um a piece of uh, capture and sort volume software that you sort of made that uh that i know i use it and it's awesome and if you want to mention that briefly that's cool we don't want it to be a commercial but i think it's awesome and you should definitely mention it and tell a little bit about how it works well, it, thanks, and yeah, you're right. I didn't. I wasn't going to talk about it, but it's um, it's called Photo Velocity, and it's F O T O Velocity. But it came about because when I first got into volume, when my very first job was our main high school of 24, 2,500 kids, I literally had no clue how to do volume. I let my mouth overrun my ass, and I had to figure out yeah. how to do this in nine months. <laughs> Never done that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I had nine months to figure it out, and I, I simply, when I was looking at the volume software solutions that were out there i could not afford what was out there at the time and so seriously just drinking around they always say you learn more around the bars than you do at these conventions many times and and this was one of those cases where i was sitting around a bar with a friend having some beers and i just said i wish i could photograph a barcode and it would scan it 
digitally and create it and sort it. And my buddy goes, oh, I can do that. And, of course, after a few um, no's, you can't. And he said, yes, I can. And, then, of course, then a, a man bet went along with it. Within 24 hours, he had the skeleton program written and designed. And that was, again, like eight, nine years ago. And so we've literally just gone on from there. And now we have clients around the world using it. And it's really designed for photographers, by photographers, for small business. Because most of the guys and girls that are out there that have lots and lots of kids, they already have a workflow, and it works for them. They don't want to change, and I don't blame them. But if you're just doing a couple big hairs or school dances or even the big schools if you want to, it's a nice software that blends into you. And we tied into the current labs that are out there, a lot of them. And it, it's just a fun, easy solution. Mike, where can our listeners find out more about Photo Velocity if they want to check it out? You know, actually, it's kind of funny. This is really not probably perfect marketing because I didn't know we were going to bring this up. But our, <laughs> <laughs> we're literally in the middle of redoing our entire site, so the site's probably down today, um, except for basic information. But it's um, well, this episode won't come out for several weeks, so not to, not to worry. Oh, I forgot you're lazy. We're not live. We're not live. Um, no, it's um, photovelocity.com, F O T O velocity v-e-l-o-c-i-t-y.com that's cool and you can find out a little more information on there there's a pdf that's on there that that tells you a little bit more about it but it makes the sorting because that's the real fear volume anyway is keeping those kids in order and it really takes away all that well let's get a couple of take-homes from the volume discussion um mike if (laughs) what what is the probably the biggest thing you would advise people to do if they're thinking about getting into volume photography um get a workflow Study a workflow down because that's the whole thing about volume. There is art in volume, but the art is in the workflow, not in so much the photograph itself. Um, find a find a workflow. There's some great classes out there, and find a good lab that's going to support you. Okay. And what, the last thing you want to do is at first is in-house printing because I don't think you realize the entire aspect of volume. You're going to have a bigger customer service issue because you're going to be dealing with more clientele than you used to. And so the more that you can outsource to begin with until you get that workflow down in a more secure area, I think you're better. And then once you have that, you can take on more responsibilities. And where can people find you online? You know, Twitter, Instagram, that whole yep. thing? It's, um, Twitter is, well, it's all pretty much the same. Twitter and Instagram is Tricos or Tricos Seniors. I kind of do the Tricos. My wife does the Tricos Seniors. And then, um, of course, on Facebook, it's, again, Facebook.com, Tricos Photography, or Tricos Seniors. And you do have that master class on TTL Flash at WPPI coming up? I do. Sunday, um, I think that's what, March 1st is it, because I'm actually doing a 900-kid Little League Saturday, the February 28th, flying out that evening, going to Vegas, and then doing the master's class. Golly, that's that's sandwiching a responsibility yeah. together, burning it at both ends a little bit. Right now, I'm just saying but there, you know, there, but many people. But you're going to make 25K for the Little League, so you stay home and you do uh, it. Yeah, many people listening, just hearing 900 is major sweat. Yeah, just, yeah, oh, my sweaty. God, are you kidding me? 900? Are you going to do 900 kids? That's so many. If you do nine in volume and you have a strong workflow, 900 is the exact same thing. Wow. It absolutely changes nothing and that's the beauty of volume well uh let me ask you a question where we we ask all of our guests uh when they come on the show and by all of them i mean you're the third guest we've ever had but um <laughs> what we we try to ask everybody once what's one thing and your that, mom and grandmother were the other two yeah yeah how'd you know um they uh we asked every guest what is one thing that's going on in their business or the photography industry at large that they really love um, and or something that's going on in the, the industry right now that they really hate. One of each. Give us a love and a hate. 
Or it doesn't have to be. It could even be a piece of gear that you're loving or, Absolutely. Of, you know, or, or that you're hating. Yeah. I'll give you several. Several. I'll give you a business one, and I'll give you a gear one. The gear one, I absolutely being an off-camera lighting guy, I'm I'm absolutely recently have fallen in love with the Fotex line of cameras and product line. Bingo, bingo, bingo! I just switched myself to the Fotex flashes and the Fo- I've been using the remotes, but I've actually switched to the Fotex flash. Yeah, I have their flashes. I have one um, one receiver for my Canon flash. I have three of their flashes, and then I just got their their new TTL high-speed sync 500-watt strobe. Oh, I saw that, too. Which is literally oh, changing yeah. the face of photography. Yeah, I saw that. I'm gonna and have so to I really love Google that. that I guess. And I'm going to be showing that off a lot at yeah. Texas School in, in April and at the master's class at, at WPPI. So I'm, I'm really liking the way that their whole product line ties in together. It, you're not just buying a, a one light. You're not just buying a trigger. You're buying into a family that all works together, and I think that's pretty impressive what do you hate man what are you hating right now you know i'm gonna be honest i, I don't hate a lot and i know that sounds like a political cop-out sounds too um, political. i think one thing and it's kind of buyers beware it's not really it's not really a new thing but i really don't like a lot of photograph fake photographers you know i'm on the speaker selection committee there at ppa um and and we really study a lot of photographers and we study the the real ones from the internet famous ones and it, it bothers me greatly that a lot of these so-called internet famous ones that don't really have a business, don't really have never really dug in deep and actually been a photographer, but yet they're teaching photography. And yeah, I know it's buyers beware. That's the American way, I guess. But it still upsets me because the whole what inspires me is not looking at people's work. That doesn't inspire me. I've seen photographs my entire life. What inspires me is when people make more money, have a more successful business time away from the computer more where they can spend time with their wives or their spouses and their children or just drinking beer in the backyard, whatever the heck they want to do. That is, that's what makes me tick. And I, I really don't like fake photographers that don't have the real business that are teaching because they're smooth talkers. And that's, that's been around for years, but that, I guess if there was anything that I hate, that's it. And of course, maybe some people think I fall in that category. I don't know, and that's fine. But well, no, I um, no, I'm right there with you because I I get that when I'm at conventions or when I meet other photographers and stuff. You know, when you say that guy's work is great and that guy's work is great, and you you, you hear that about everybody, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then they go, and that guy over there made a quarter million dollars last year shooting. And I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, who talk? <laughs> I, that's the guy I want to talk to. Uh, that that exactly. Im- that impresses me more than this person. Uh, you know, has got he sells his actions online. But I love the point that Mike made also about. You know, having a business that's not only financially successful, but one that is going to give you more time to do the things you really want to do, like hang out with your family and stuff. That's awesome. And, Mike, there is no danger of anybody uh, thinking of you as anything but uh, the real deal, man. Really appreciate you being on the show with us and uh, and look forward to uh, seeing you at more stuff in the future. I appreciate the invite, guys. I really do. I think you – Yes, I did listen to your podcast before I was invited, so it was kind of an honor to actually be on here. <laughs> and he's still on. He still came on. Holy crap. How that, about that? That's something. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, Mike. We're going to uh, just wrap up the show right after, but now we'll sit, we'll drop you off right here, and uh, thanks a lot. All right, guys. Thank thanks, you Mike. See you soon. Yeah, that's the real deal right there, that Absolutely. Guy. I got to tell you, um, as, as much as he'll, he'll – uh, 
you know, take take the piss out of himself. And, Mr. And Mr. Humble, but he knows what the hell he's I'm doing. I'm telling you, that's a guy you want. That's a guy you want to you want to know because he's he's one of those people out there giving really good information, right. and he's also one of those people that if he's talking, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and those are the people I. That's when he was talking about. Those are the people I I gravitate to. Walk the walk. You know, don't just talk the talk. There are so many fakers out there, honestly. Like guys like Boo Ray Perry. That's right. Gary that guy Hughes, doesn't yeah. know anything. <laughs> I just said, you don't have to be the world's richest photographer or anything. But there's t- aren't there times when you see somebody, they're doing a program or whatever, and they're talking, and you're like, I'd really like to see your tax return. I really, I, not, that I'm, not that you don't maybe know what you're talking about or whatever, but, but I, I, part of the problem is that, that teaching someone to take good pictures is great and fine, and we do that. But, but so many photographers... Think that if I can just learn to take good pictures, that's all I have to do. And like he said, it's the business of photography. You've got to be. You, there's so much more to it if you want to make a living at it. Well, you know, there are teachers out there that have. The problem is if you have a really great, successful photography business, having the time to educate. Right. That's why you appreciate them so much. Is because you know they're not they're not making their living teaching you right now. They're taking a hit to share what they know, which right. I love. And but on the other side, you got guys like. Uh, Bruce Evanson, Evanson, Frank Criccio, you know, teachers, guys who are retired. Retired, yes, but they, but they, they have the background. But of, they're also not teaching business. Right. They're not teaching how to be successful. They're teaching lighting, studio lighting, and all the stuff, the basics and core stuff that people really need to know. And But there are, it's just those people that really, like Mike said, they get my goat really bad because they've been, I've been a photographer for six months, and now I'm doing workshops like at, uh, whatever you want to call them. We'll call them like, you know, I don't know. I'll probably n- make up a fake name, and it'll be somebody's actual <laughs> workshop, and then we'll get an email. But you know the people I'm talking yes, I about. I know the people that you're talking about. And it's about, like, yeah. I think I started teaching very early in my photography career, but... But I wasn't teaching photography because, honestly, I sucked. But I have a background in IT and social media right. and web design. So I was teaching photographers how to put together a good website and a good social media presence. And that was how I got started teaching in the photography world. But I didn't start teaching photography. In fact, I'm really just the last year or two just starting to teach photography. That's me. I'm just now starting to really teach a style or lighting and the thing that I started off teaching when I started teaching when I thought was what can I teach and say this is something I'm legitimately an expert on and so mostly what I taught about was was here when I first started out here's how I built myself and made myself a photographer because this I just lived through it and it's still fresh and I know you're going through it too mm-hmm. so I'm just going to share with you what I did but I was but I certainly didn't want to step up immediately and be like let me teach you this lighting style and but yeah. because I just didn't think I was good enough yeah. I just didn't think and I didn't have I didn't think I had the, the credibility you know it's uh there, it's part of a generational gap though because now we have people like your daughter's sort of age and, and mine is going to be even probably in in a more open situation is you have it where everything you do is publicized. Yes. Everybody gets to be their own little internet tycoon. And so it's almost like you can't have any shame. You no. know what I mean? Like people with shame don't exist anymore. No. No, <laughs> not anymore. No. There's so it's no all, humble. There's it's no all, humble. There's no shame. Well, I think there's a new humble. You know right. what I mean? It's like, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. But man, I tell you what, uh, this has been a really educational episode um and i know that um we're really lucky to get guys like mike on and sharing stuff like that because he's had a couple of decades of 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 learning the stuff that he's learned so check him out Uh, you can probably just google mike fulton and he'll come up all over the place from tricos photography and uh and i guess we are about out of time yes let's wrap this thing up don't forget to check us out online you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter you can find us on the world wide web our uh 
web address is photobombpodcast.com. You can send questions to questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can go to the podcast and all the episodes stream there, so you can actually just click there and listen to the podcast. But you can also go to, what is it, BuzzFeed? Uh, it's a Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. And find us on Buzzsprout. We're there. And, of course, the iTunes Store and any of your Stitcher, Android stuff. Pocket Cast. Yes, any of the stuff that downloads. We're all out there. We are worldwide. We're big. We're nationwide. You can find us if you look for us. And uh, be sure to tell your friends about us because, uh, you know, it sounds like it's a, just a thing we say. But really, uh, things like this podcast, it's all word of mouth. So be sure and tell your friends about us if you enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, and then tell the friends that you don't like about us. And then they can listen, too. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. See you later. 